W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. With Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Thanks. Hi. I rem- That sounds like Mickey Mouse Club, right? Oh, when you spell out his name? L-L-M-O-Y-T. What an asshole. <laughs> Narcissistic little prick, right? You yeah, can't leave yeah. the stage until I finish spelling my name. C-A-L. C-A-R-L-C-A-R-L-C-A-R-L-L-L. God, what Eleven kind of L's. Eleven under You have a trip. Mickey Mouse, man. What an egotistical little prick. Well, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, welcome to the show. We want you to subscribe to the show by our acronym. It's called L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We also want you to listen to us on MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, we stream first every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 2 p.m. California time, uh, just check your wristwatch uh, or your wrist, and uh, people will get that reference. We will uh, be watching a full-length movie on YouTube, hence the title, but with you, let us. Uh, Carl, what movie are we watching today? We will watch Eggshells, 1969. This is what you put in the uh, YouTube search engine, Eggshells, 1969. And we like the channel, and it might be the only one you find. Zane the Dude Man. That's Z-A-N-E, the Dude Man. He only has 206 subscribers, Carl. That seems anemic. <laughs> it's a psych out the eggshells. Okay. We want you to buffer and slide it back to zero, zero, zero. Ignore the fact that this movie is one hour and 25 minutes. The credits come up real early. You'll see. Everything's good. Get them out of the way. (laughs) Okay, so Eggshells 1969, Toby Hooper debut feature film. You can put that all in the search engine if you want. And then we like Zane. And then it's all one word, the dude, man. The dude, man. You know, that's his last name. He's from a whole family of dude, man. Dudeman. Du- yeah, Dudeman. Well, what did your ancestors do? Well, when people walk by, they said, dude, man. Dude, hey, dude. <laughs> All right, here we go. So we uh, did that. We hit pause. Uh, we made fun of the guy who is hosting this movie for us. You better important. subscribe later. Subscribe to it. Make it 207 tonight. Uh, and we want you to go ahead and hit pause, move it to the left, and get the. Uh, 
browser mouse thing on the triangle thing. So right now you guys have queued up 000 with the uh, eggshells like you see nine Toby Hoover's debut. I can't wait to watch this stupid film. So let's get the countdown going. You have the king of countdown himself, Paul Brumbot, his robot replicant. That's right, the Paul Brumbot, uh, our emergency proxy of all things Brumbot, which you can check him <laughs> out at Edge of the Edge of Insanity. Uh, he's uh, one of our great friends, and he does a radio show here in Mutiny Radio, and uh, so go to Venmo, Edge of Insanity, I believe, and also promote, uh, donate to Mutiny Radio at Mutiny Radio. Okay. And the so, TS4. Oh, yeah, and my yes. PS4. No, let's drop that. You don't have Venmo, don't Venmo, PS4, support my. Oh, I need a PS4 while everyone gets a five. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's really bad, Carl. Uh, let's go, and here is the Brumbot. All right, so let's get started. I am, I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumbot. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Okay, so, let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, Master of the Descending Numerals. The Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome, Mr. Paul Brumba. Alright guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in 3, 2, 1, go. Ooh, watchable films present. <laughs> well, that's watchmaker films. And it's like, why weren't they making watches? Why were they making films? Well, they were, you know, so into the mechanical things, they didn't really have an answer. You hear the birds? That's our beginning. Yeah, they go right to the credits. <laughs> Is it Tobe Hooper or Toby Hooper? Carl, what's the director's name? The director is Toby Hooper. Toby Not Hooper. Not Tobe. Tab Hooper. There's the sound down. Toby Hooper. Am I saying it wrong? No, I think you're right. I think it is two syllables. <laughs> I probably pronounce it Tobe. Tobe Hooper. Tobe. <laughs> like a So, Senor Hooper is very famous for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've seen that movie a dozen times. Yeah. This was four years before. It was pretty much his first film, but he had done like 60 documentaries, shorts, commercials by the time he got to this. He was oh, he right. seasoned. I'm not a seasoned pro. He was a seasoned amateur. He taught at the university in Austin. He was... Uh, oh, Professor Hooper. That's right. Oh, it's yeah. probably, so it's adjunct professor, something like that. Oh, right, right. Well, hanging with adjunct uh, Professor Hooper. I love that sitcom. <laughs> and it was totally hippie days. That campus must have been great. Now, this is a hippie movie, right? Is there any Chainsaw Massacres in this movie, Carl? Because uh, I have shit. No, no. There are no Wait. Chainsaw Massacres. This is That's actually a not a horror film. Can you believe? Now, there is a ghost or something that lives in the basement. Right. That's as be. close to horror as we get. So this is a, I'm going to pop sits on a park bench comedy. This is no like chainsaws or poltergeists or life forces or whatever the fuck W. No, it out. is that stuff. It is that stuff. Yeah. That's in the basement. That's in the basement. Body bags. <laughs> no, not horror. Not horror like uh, murder. Horror like 
metaphysical, like, don't go in the light, you know, like, look at these great cars. Oh, yeah, these are all vintage. This is, uh, they're all going back to Jay Leno's garage. <laughs> they're all, yeah, they got a mighty convoy heading to Jay Leno's garage. We got a mighty convoy. And it oh, no, look out. Who, who else has one? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, he's going to, here's Jerry Fine's uh, collection. Now, here is, you know, a hippie, the, you know, it's the just, truth shall set you free you know, in our justice system. But this is the stock exchange, the courthouse, uh, the uh, city hall. <laughs> well, we're at a university, uh, the University of Texas in Austin, and we're going to see this clock tower, which is very famous for a horrible shooting. 14 oh, people. Is, that's the famous Watchtower uh, massacre. 1966, Charles Whitman 66 and this movie 69 so three years right. later yeah right so when he films the clock tower he knows what he's doing did he tell the there security guard i'll be right back i gotta shoot from the clock tower <laughs> yeah i gotta what do you mean shoot call in the <laughs> 901 we got another one freeze Three. drop the camera i'm not being number 15. <laughs> this hippie shit. It's all football crap. Now, her name is Milan. Milan. Oh, she's going to mow my lawn. She is going to mow your lawn. And this is a anti-Vietnamese, uh, anti-Vietnam War rally. <laughs> we are really seeing a slice of time here. Wow. This is back where people didn't wear shirts. <laughs> but it's just a neat, look at the sideburns, and it's just it's a neat so slice grim. of... You know, the guys, everybody's pants is tucked in, and I don't know. Well, those are like radical cybers. They basically touch your earlobe almost. <laughs> Here's a real hippie. Yeah. The thing is, things have come so full circle every now and again. That's the writer. You just saw the writer. Oh. Uh, we'll, we'll show you much more of him later. Is he a character in this movie? Yes. Yes. Toby? No, Toby's not. The writer is. Writer. Uh, yeah, the writer is um, Kim Henkel. Kim Henkel. And Kim is a boy's name. Yeah, no, Kim could be a boy's name. If you're hippie. <laughs> if you're Asian. So he moved on to co-write um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Tobe. So do you think Tab and him were like... <laughs> Our, our buddies where the horror's at, you know, we're never doing hippie comedies again. No, yeah, uh, no. It, the reason he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre is because if he did horror, he didn't need stars. He could still get something that would go to Hollywood if, you know, and it didn't have to be a star vehicle for someone. Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, I avoided yeah. that movie on purpose. Now I'll have to. When I was a kid, it was very scary thought. <laughs> you don't have to. It starts off with a DJ's voice, but it's John Larroquette is the actual DJ. Ah, okay. So he's like, I'm John Larroquette. There's a grizzly guy who imitates Ed King, but he's not Ed King. I swear. What was the name? It was Ed Gant dying or something like that. It doesn't matter. It's, it's all gruesome. And they'll say, oh, the actress has really felt it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> 
Like you could tell that people are having fun at this parade. This is a real snapshot in time. This is documentary type footage. You know, it's this is what happened that day. Look so how packed the place is, man. So this is a true exploitative movie because they're exploiting a uh, riot that's going on, a rally. I, don't, I really think it was not done in the spirit of exploitation. Just like I remember we had a co-host in when Revolution was going on, and he was ma- making it fun like the director was a creeper. This was a weird time, Mike. This was one of the only times in history, except for like French poets in the 1600s, in which it was like love, share, be embrace, you know, total legitimacy, right? It happened for about four years in a row. It might be a little one-sided. But they were genuine, even if they were mistaken, you know? It's not exploitive, like, hey, there's a riot, quick. This will be good on TV. I mean, it was just trying to capture the. I got you. He's Did you see that guy selling a newspaper? He was totally on the rag. <laughs> what? It was the rag newspaper. <laughs> now, listen, a rag newspaper brought this film back from obscurity. Uh, it was lost, completely lost. So there's this guy, editor in chief Lewis Black, uh, from the the Chronicle, which was like an alternative. You know, sure, all like the weeklies. He found a copy and restored it. He was good friends with Toby back in the day. He was? He was Tab's friend? Yep. Was he like, uh, check out my back page of my weekly? You need a prostitute? <laughs> check out the back page of my weekly. <laughs> it's an okay, weekly. This is Ron. That's Ron on the porch, okay? And he's uh-huh. the one who's going to become mesmerized by the weird thing in the basement. Is that called the plot? There's a plot in the basement, and they, they don't want to let it out. It's very loose, but yes, it is a plot. A lot of this movie is plotless, but yes, he totally did make it with the plot. Now, the internet wants to tell me that there's a string pulling this paper airplane. Do you see it? I don't. Oh, yeah, it's wire foo at its finest. You can't really tell the wire. Yeah. Well, maybe they train like some circus ants. Now, this is strange. Toby does, right now, a weird gag. You see, it ex- it crashed and exploded. Like, it's, meta- like this is a comedy or something. What's every joke during the Vietnam War ended with an explosion like that? <laughs> a crashing plane. Yeah, it was of the time. <laughs> you couldn't do a comedy sketch without having a massacre at the end. Now, here's what's weird, Mike. That will be it. That was a departure for the movie, but we saw it first. He's never again going to do some sort of wacky gag. Right. He just pulled it off in the beginning. <laughs> it was for the trailer. Yeah. Is that a Bundy Swoop uh, poster in his bedroom with a peace sign? I yeah. missed it. Uh, morning ritual. Bacon. That's the writer. That's the guy who wrote this. Oh, uh, that's Kim. Kim Henkel. His name is Toes in this. Hey, Toes. See that dog there? That's dog. And he will die. What do you mean? Oh, wait, this is dog. In the movie, he will die. Oh. Now I have to look it up, damn you. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, don't bother. I was totally making that up so that you would go look it up. He does not die. 
I'm gonna type in eggshells. On, on, yeah. Does the dog die? I'll be the biggest idiot. <laughs> now, like... I don't like Kim's personality in this thing. He's okay. What they're doing now is making a joke, like they're doing grace and prayers in different. You know, they're doing it in French and in Latin. Yeah, and they're just like, let's eat the hot food while it's hot. Right. Oh, God. I don't want to hear it. All right. But it's, here we go. Okay. Christine Laisson. Christine Laisson. Christine Laisson. Christine And then the end, this is Amy here. She's like, enough of this guy bullshit. Yeah, let's eat. Now, that is Amy and David, and they will be married. You got to remember the view. <laughs> is that a porch or is there a window like pop there? <laughs> That's like an exterior balcony kind of porch. Yeah, they're kind of creepy. Okay, now Kim is sitting down at his typewriter. Now, this is probably a snapshot of how he was in real life. This is probably the dude Kim and all his ad libs throughout this whole film. It's really him. Now, what scene do you think he's, of the movie is he typing right now? <laughs> what he's the probably computer? doing, he's, you can hear his like short story. I, I, you won't want to, but. Okay. No, trust me, the guy's name is Toads. Yeah, that's his toad. But it's really him. And he's probably just one short story he wrote. We're hearing it. It's kind of poetic. It's like a. Yeah. Well, throughout the film, he'll be at his typewriter every now and again. So he's writing the story we're watching. No, no. That would be a pretty good plot. This is uh, David. That's. That's. Uh, Alan, that's Amy. <laughs> how many times, let the audience know how many times you watched this movie prior to our, our broadcast. Like, like four. Like, but one of them was like real absentmindedly and the other I was fast forwarding, but about four. Okay. That's plenty, Carl. That's, that's all you have to do. That's the show's entertainment right there. That's David. That's David. He is cute. Mm. That's Parrot. Parrot. Sharon. Okay, what's happening now is they're saying that this house is haunted. Yikes. Now, Sharon is in real life married to Alan, and that is their real life baby. There's Alan. That baby's like a Gen Xer right now. In his 50s. Yeah, that's probably true. He would be the one to interview about this movie. Right. We oh, were absolutely. like Adam's podcast or something. Right. Yeah, if we were like a real podcast, we would interview the baby from Eggshells. I remember the third day of shooting, and the director asked me, and I was like, goo, goo, gah, gah. What a remembrance. He looked at me and said, want milk? And before I had a chance to answer, the lights were on. He yelled action. <laughs> Got milk? Honk, honk. Got me on the first take. <laughs> So what's happening is Amy is like, this house is haunted. 
And Alan is like, they told you it was ahead of time, so you think it was. And then she's defending herself. Why? She heard these footsteps go upstairs. They never came down. Uh, and also, they went out to the back to this, like, shed and opened it up. And, like, there's just evidence there was a murder in her opinion. She thinks the house is haunted. What do you think, Carl? She's right. Okay. It isn't. It isn't haunted by ghosts. It's haunted by like a creepy, slickery, I'm controlling you light in the basement. Is it Beetlejuice? And it, no. no. And it makes them get under those hairdresser things. Oh, right. Their hair's eliminated. I guess. It'll like liquefy them in the end. It's, that's, our, that's our big finish. <laughs> so they all get liquefied at the end of this movie. <laughs> Four of them do. Our main characters. Amy, right. her days are numbered. So, you know, if you don't want to have this film spoiled, just stop listening. No, no, Does no. If like you listen to this podcast. Yeah, right. Okay. The film will be spoiled. <laughs> so we're watching them now, but we know in advance that they're going to get liquefied. <laughs> because of me and my big mouth. No, it's it's gratifying to hear their opinion now. <laughs> okay. But now this is why she thinks the house is haunted. Right. Why would she dream it up? Right. Okay. Now we have like a hippie segment in which I don't know you'll we'll see this sort of thing a lot. He's creative. He's creative. He does a good job. Of what? Just going in his backyard? It's 1969 and it was a time before No, no, it's not just No, no, we're about to be introduced to this ghost kind of thing. Look, you see the smoky stuff? Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, plot. No, we're getting plot here. I don't want to watch another Chainsaw Massacre movie, Carl. Don't make me do it. I've already watched it a dozen times. I don't want to watch it through. <laughs> You've watched it for me because I have – I guess I should see it now. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't watch it. It gets under your skin. No, but the thing is, back in my, like, teens and 20s, that stuff would get in my skin. Okay, hold on now. You see, we're in the basement now, okay? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're getting to the where, you know. I was told I was supposed to perform here in this space in the basement. <laughs> look at so look, mean, see the smoke and the flickery yeah. thing. Is that a, a spectral vision I see? Look at that. Look at that. What is that thing, Mike? Uh, it's a poltergeist. It's a polter. It's a protogeist. It's the first. It's the prequel. It's the prequel geist. Listen to this annoying 60s music. Yeah, banjo or go go. Is it harmonica? Uh, no, it's a saxophone for sure, and oh. a, and a, one of those uh, mouth uh, boing 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 boing. You know, like Snoopy had. Sure. Well, they're called a Jew's harp. You could say it. <laughs> you think I wasn't saying it because of the word Jews? Boing boing boing. Do you think Jew is an insult? It sounds kind of insulting, right? Well, it's also Harmful. known as. A as a jaws jaw harp, a jaws harp. Okay. 
Yeah, but it's also not a auto part. Anyway, once or twice I played it, and that thing touches your tongue, and that's yeah. gonna fuck you up for about fifteen minutes. Slice that tongue. <laughs> what were you doing, licking the uh, harp, the jaw harp? It has a name. Boing, 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 boing. Google would tell us, but all right. Okay, so now they're having like a political discussion, like. David is saying that these people got killed by the police, and then she's like, what's this country coming to? She's talking about her father's views, and right. uh, basically he recorded a conversation. It's no plot whatsoever. But they're in the bathtub naked together. That's well, the they're, they're hippie friend and hippie friend. Do you think, like, people went to the theater just to see hip naked hippies in a tub? Yes. Well, by the way... This never went to the theaters. This had like 50 engagements. It was at college campuses a lot, like all around the country. He was trying to get noticed and it didn't work. Um, it did win pro a gold award though at the Atlanta Film Festival. Um, yeah, it won, yeah, the gold award. And it was 1971. So it was two years old at that point. He shopped it around. It just wasn't uh, Chainsaw Massacre. So he just was like, let's hit the circuit for two years. And like you crash to people's couches, film other fellow filmmakers' couches. Well, remember I was talking about you, the genuineness of the hippies? Uh, yeah. That doesn't really count for Toby. What Toby was trying to do was make a splash in Hollywood. That's what he was trying to do. He had, he, he was nine years old. He made his first sound recording with his father's eight millimeter Super 8, maybe? And he was like, that's it, I'm a director. And, you know, he was the college's only film student. They had one film student. Wow, in Austin, back in yeah. the day. And then yeah. he became a, tea, a adjunct professor there at the huh. same time, yeah. He's uh, like, I'm the only student, I might as well teach myself. That's right. He, he um, no, I'm sure he taught some course that was populated by students. The um, he, he worked for the local PBS while he was there. He really did a lot of work before he came to this film or Chainsaw Massacre. Well, you know his history. Like the, the, He's notorious. The, the, he directed Poltergeist, but the story is that he didn't direct it. Spielberg ghost directed it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what to believe. I, never I don't saw know it. either. I know he did not direct Poltergeist 2. That's fact. That's someone else. Well, the, the fact that he directed, you know, even Salem's Lot prior to Poltergeist shows that he's a director. He could have done it without Steven Spielberg, whether Steven yeah. Spielberg was on it or not. Now, look, if you remember Poltergeist, there's lots of Steven Spielberg type stuff, type angles. Remember when the chair was going across the uh, floor? It was from a low looking up. Okay. Never saw it. Oh, then that, you should see it, but okay. This is, oh, it's maybe it's not going to happen now. Soon Ron is going to become mesmerized by something, and he's going to find himself in the basement. And oh, that's yeah. like, yeah, he's going to live his life out in the basement, except for this one jaunt in the park. It makes no sense. We'll get there. So they just moved in, and they got hippie posters all over the place? 
I doubt it, they just moved in. No, I think they've been living here. All right. It's their frat house. They called it. It's their fashion sense. <laughs> I would rather go with the cracking uh, wallpaper, white wallpaper of the wall. Than I think photo. what they did is not go for anything. Just whatever it was, they left yeah, it. it. They just put up some posters. I mean, you see the 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 boards behind, you know, behind the sheetrock there, right? On the top left, I mean, it's exposed to the wall, to the air. This is like another thing Toby does. You see how it's all shots of them using the stairs, using the hallway. Is right. it good? I don't know. It's creative. It is a staircase. Oh, there's the kid. Now, for, the kid for some reason, he stops doing that, and we see this scene. Yeah. By the way, that's Sharon and Alan. They divorce. They totally divorce. <laughs> During the movie or after, right after this movie? Like, okay. Um, they were divorced in 72. Wow. <laughs> so, poor baby. Uh, his son, Jason, at the age of eight months, has a cameo. He doesn't really have a cameo. He's in a, a lot. Uh, yeah. Five years later, he played Jerry in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And his, his second and final role. So, he was in Chainsaw Massacre. It wasn't really a cameo, right? He didn't say like, hey, do you, what do you want to do today? Do you want to appear as yourself in this movie? Oh, that'd be that's great. Great that's, idea. Yeah, that's one scene. That's a cameo. But you have to have some sort of fame to do a cameo, right? Yeah, right. Well, people are supposed to stop and go, oh, my God, it's that baby. It's that well, baby from eggshells. Jason. <laughs> Weren't you the Gerber baby? No, no, I I was in eggshells. Oh, that's what it is. You're the boss baby. No, I'm just wearing a suit. You you had that hat, that uh, Uncle Sam hat. Oh, yeah, right. Are you the USA? Are you Uncle Sam, baby? <laughs> Are you Yankee Doodle? Yankee Doodle, right? A baby wearing an Uncle Sam hat? Am I right? Born on the 4th of July. <laughs> I know. He doesn't shut the fuck up about it. His name always shows up on Facebook that day. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday to Yankee Doodle. Yes. Hooper was the University of Texas's Souls film student. So he taught himself, basically. He literally taught himself. He went There's to class. There's a story there. I don't know. Check this out, Mike. When this director was a kid, a, you know, really young, his uh, family owned hotels, like one in Dallas, one in Austin, one in, you know, Galveston. And so he says his babysitter, lots of times, was the movie theater. Oh, all right. Hey, they whatever. Go, right. They would go to a local hotel. I got some business. And they put him in there with the thing of popcorn. I'm talking about seven years old. They just put him in there. And so he got wow. to see a lot of films, a lot of films. Well, I, we had to just watch TV every day, but not Toby. Well, imagine if you, like, at least twice a week were babysat by, you know, I'll be back in 45 minutes, you know? Right. Because back then it was like, this is where I came in. 
member? I was I would start working at a video store and I'd be like, yeah, I was raised by movies. <laughs> oh, I saw that in a double feature because my parents hated me. <laughs> I think it was just a different time and using the, <laughs> it's like, you know, giving your kids some quarters for the amusement for the oh, yeah. arcade. Listen, you go, you, you sat there in 1969 and, uh, no, 62, and you got to watch like News on the March and you got to watch like Woody Woodpecker and the Super Echo and Jekyll. And, TV uh, was the babysitter, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they must have been shorts at the theater before they, the coming attractions. And oh, oh. I don't know because what are we talking? Well, we're, are we talking about the 50s or 40s? Well, how old, Toby must have been in his 50s, right? Uh, As a kid? He died at 74. Well, oh, no, I mean, like, when he was a kid, in the, the decade, he was probably in the theater in the 50s. 50s, yeah, that sounds right. So they still would have had stuff like that. Yeah. Now, maybe it's now. Ron is going to get mesmerized, and he's going to be lured. He's down. being lured right now. Is it, okay, maybe it's happening now. Ooh, what awaits in the cellar? What awaits in the cellar, right? Yeah. Hey, is that a pong table? Why don't they hook it up upstairs? What's the catch? Wow, foosball. Guys, come down here. There's old Pachinko machines on the walls. I haven't seen that since 70. Well, today's 69. In three years, I'll see it. Then they blow the dust off. <laughs> Whoa, Pac-Man. Okay, <laughs> you see the sparkles? Yeah. Now, look, he kicked the can, and what does he see? A sword. Now uh, we're going to see one of the best things in this film. Sword play is going to attack the toilet. Unfortunately, it goes on for way too long, and we won't get to the cool part for a little while. Right now, it's just like he's shadow boxing. But what's going to happen is he's going to sword fight himself. Who, as himself? Shirts is he gonna leave? will his ultra self wear a shirt? Will it be shirts versus skins? <laughs> no, it won't be shirts versus skins because since there's only two of them, it's okay to. Uh -oh. Now watch. Is it going to start now? It gets interesting when it happens. This is like every music video on MTV in 1984. Let's get you some sound for a second. Owner of the lonely heart. <laughs> he just was. It's about to happen. He's about right. to sword fight himself. He's doing it, or something's happening. Look how well it's choreographed. He didn't get a single job off of this. He had to hit the market for two years, and he was like, "Screw yeah. that! I'm dead." Chainsaw some ladies. Look how well it's done. The sound really matches the impact, and so does the positioning. It was well, it was choreographed. It looks like some kind of animation, like stop motion. Like he took a couple frame shots, and he stopped, and then the guy ran off and went around the other side. <laughs> this is one take. Well, you're right about that. I wouldn't call it stop motion, but he probably stopped it turn around, do it backwards, or he did them both back and forth. Either way, it does come out right on, uh, see, look at it, it's, it's still killing. It's a crazy basement, man. Something weird is going on in the basement, Mike. 
He got well, surprised. The pe people under the stairs said it's a great place. Uh oh. My enemy's myself, man. <laughs> it's like when Luke saw Darth Vader's face came off and Luke's yeah. was there. Oh, shit! <laughs> you were right, Yoda. I'm scared. Oh, uh, glory hole. Don't uh, do it. He see got smacked? Yeah. By a rail light? No, what is that? I don't. So where's I think it was okay. I've seen this a couple times, and I think it was one of those party things that unrolls, but there oh, was okay. no sound. You know those sync stamp sounds. Okay, this is what he's found. Bleep blorp. Yeah, he found the bleep blorp. Oh man, how long is that dryer gonna run? I gotta go. I need a pair of pants. Oh no. Meanwhile, in hippie land, Toby does a good job here. Yeah, the party's raging too. Okay, do you remember in the beginning of the film, we saw Milan walking the street? Well, that's her on the stairs talking to Amy, okay? Okay. Milan is about to meet Kim for the very first time ever. They do not know each other. And in one second, they absolutely become boyfriend and girlfriend. In one second. Listen, you didn't. Who wrote this shit? I. <laughs> Good one, Mike. <laughs> he wrote like he wrote this role where this woman falls in love. You're a creep, Kim. Get the fuck away from me. Okay, well here's the new uh, script. A I movie just... script. Yeah. Now you like me. Toby just said, "Well, she fuck me." <laughs> now look, he goes. Let's see what you got. And he's like, she's about to like unzip his pants. Wow. And you see the one down there. She, I don't know her name, but she's shocked. Excuse me. She's still watching, right? Yeah, because it's like. Scandalous. Yeah, it's scandalous. She's got to tell that guy. Now look, she's exposing her boobs. Okay, it's gone. Yeah. I take it back. I'm glad there was a poster there. Yeah. Amy and David are going to be so happy together. Wow, he is drunk. <laughs> now, David Knoll is his name, and he doesn't go on to do anything. This is all he does. But Amy Lester does move on, and she's one of the more successful people in this film. Check this out. She okay. was in Project Z, History of Zombie Apocalypse, the TV series, as Camp Inhabitant. Oh my God! Yeah, I, you never believe what happened to Cap or Evidence. <laughs> that was that was the anti-gens uh, episode in 2012. She was Camp Inhabitant. Look out! My, the zombies are coming. No way am I gonna take leave my camp. Rawr. Ah! Good job, Inhabitant. But then, Mike, she went on to do another TV series, Man Seeking Woman. And in episode L, she was minion number two. What, really? Was he yellow and had, like, goggles? One With goggle. one eye. Yeah. That was 2016. So 
that was that's her career. They really made this movie in a bubble. Yeah. Now look, she is my favorite character in this. Look, a lot of this is just documentary style, but obviously they're doing plot stuff too. You know, I don't know, but yeah, why uh, else would they I like her. I like Amy a lot. They're totally doing plot stuff. Why else would they be in a bubble in, in a field? It's weird. That's not the eggshell either. I don't know why they call it that. They're going to take the bubble, put it on the top of the car so they can cruise the town, you know, Ooh, and like, do hippie oh. stuff, like hand out flowers. Does eggshells mean something in this movie? No. So I thought. Because hippie, man. Where are they? They're in Iowa? Austin. Austin, Texas. Oh, right, Austin. I'm sorry. I should have known that. The thing is, there's a downtown Austin, and then there's, you know, far, I mean, our part of the country, I know you too, it's it's kind of like an urban sprawl, but a lot of the country, there's a main town, and then you drive for five miles till the next town, and it's pretty much a gas station. Now a lot it's part of Austin. A lot has happened since the summer of love of 67, and a lot has happened to Austin since 69. It's weird, Austin, now. Yeah, well, we talked about Slacker. That's a, a day in the life of Austin. That's uh, in my DVD Netflix queue, thanks to you. Yeah, well, the, if you had it on your VHS queue, you'd probably get it by now. <laughs> I wonder if there is such a service anymore. Uh, yeah, like, I need a copy of, like, Taking Care of Business with uh, Charles Grodin. Got it. Can we right yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have Beethoven 6? Do you have snow puppies? Now, what was that called? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> they were driving around handing out flowers. Basically, we're seeing Austin now. Uh, yeah, this place costs them $20 a month. Okay, you see Kim is, they're painting over the uh, the art that's there. But later in the film, the art will come back. It's, I don't know, it's weird. It shot out of sequence, I guess. It, of course, it is shot out of sequence, but why would Toby... Oh, look he... at that. that now that's stop animation. Right. That's stop motion animation, and you're going to see that... Well, it isn't really stop motion. He just... You did a little, he filmed it. You did a little, he filmed it. So, well, I guess you're right. So you'll see it... Um, the, you'll see when it painted the earlier drawing. Sledgehammer. Ooh, sledge, right? Sledge right, hammer. There. Nice, right? Yeah. Oh, I want to be inside. I'm, I'm not looking at her boobs, Mike. Why would you even think that? Why don't you call my Yeah. That's pretty cool. Wow. I'm wow. not looking at that. Listen, guys, I don't know if my stop motion animation is that compelling, so I'm going to intercut it with shots of tits. tits. What I like about those tits is they're just a regular person's tits, right? So uh, it's like your yeah, partner at work IMDb. maybe has those tits. <laughs> hey, how, old is, how old is your coworker, Carl? Maybe it's her. She's just the girl next door. She's just the girl next door. 
Don't make like he never gawked at Patty Way's mom's butt. <laughs> you don't have to call it. You don't have to be embarrassed. Even this movie's going. This scene's going on so long enough. You might as well. Did those hippies painted themselves, and now there's repercussion. They got to wash it off. I know they got to soak in water, which is foreign to the hippie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is foreign to the hippie. Oh, look at him. Oh, rough on yeah, ow, ow, that's, yeah, I remember that. That's, that was pinchy. That wasn't cool. Yeah, you know, the script didn't call for it. She did not seem to mind. Okay, now we're going to have another, like, experimental thing. You see, he must have filmed in a reflection. He must have gotten, like, a bowl, bowl that was wobbly, made of metal, and it did a reflection. You did some psychedelic uh, shooting for fish burgers back in 1991 where you used an old disposable beer bong as a reflector. Yeah. yeah. You're on drugs. You're on drugs. And that was all thanks to it being lying on the floor at the time. You remember the drug juice? I did that oh, the, with so many different shapes, you know. What was it? I wasn't supposed to don't drink the drug juice. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think I went off to like talk to my mom and you were all alone and you drank the you're always supposed to take a juice. little bit. But then I drank the drug juice. <laughs> so he's filming against like some sort of metal sheet, maybe a trophy, and he's like wobbling it. So two people are making love, which is him. See they're doing it. Well, actually, now we're not seeing the reflection. We're just seeing them doing it. Yeah. Finally, the the it's, not it's like scrambled porn, and then suddenly you get to see something. <laughs> uh, it's scrambled again. It'd be porn. So did he wash his back at least? Is it still blue on it? <laughs> so probably they were like, they did the scene and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, Amy, uh, the lighting wasn't right. We need to shoot again. And she's like, all right. And then bang, bang, bang. Hum, hum. <laughs> oh, Amy, I'm sorry that he didn't put the stock in the film. Again? Again? We got it? It's, well, if it's for art. Yeah, um, got to um, play something at the festival. It's, it's interesting how he does it. People, I only knew it's a reflection because that's what we did on that Fishburgers episode. Look at that yeah. butt. Yeah, I know. It's lucid. I'm tripping. Are they on I'm, fire? I'm sure people saw this and thought, how the hell did he do that? How long is this going on? Yeah, that's a, a lot of this movie is things like this. Images and... I mean, it has nothing to do with the ghost in the basement. That's what would be... That's how you should really do it. Make everything tie into the plot, but he didn't. Well, the ghost in the basement is like, come on, guys, hurry up with this hippie shit. How long <laughs> does a, a B and takes? <laughs> Get it. You, wanna, you guys are banging. Congratulations. He did Invaders from Mars, Toby Hooper, in 1986. <laughs> that got a lot of recognition, too. Oh, I'm telling you, Life Force is like one of my favorite movies. It's like naked, full frontal naked space zombies. It's really fun. It's a good movie. I'm sure Poltergeist is good. It's just, as I say, there's some movies I just never seen. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe it's a little too late. It's a little too late to watch Poltergeist. 
No, okay. it would it would stand up. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen the sequels, Poltergeist two, three, four? Well, okay, Poltergeist. I did not see the sequels. Poltergeist two, he did direct again. Oh, he did. Okay, that's what I thought. Oh uh, no, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Let me back up. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, he directed, yeah. but he did. the writer Kim wrote and directed. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, 1990. Oh, that's the guy. So that's a notorious film because at the time it started, it was starred Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Uh-huh. And then in the Miramax 90s, when those two were being these, like, matinee stars, right. they said, well, let's release this film, Toad to me. And their, their attorneys sued, saying, you're not releasing this. You're not going to say Renee Zellweger in, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh-huh. uh-huh. They said, so their representative representatives sued the, the producers and it was unreleased for years. Wow. So, so yeah, it's some notoriety in that. I didn't realize it was that that weird direct, uh, writer. Writer. It's it. Kim. It's Kim. And yeah. the thing is, it is not Toby. So I wonder if Toby was like on the phone with Kim, like, what are you doing? I'm trying to make a book, Toby. Off of my thing. Yeah, well, no, they probably both own the rights, and he said, I own the rights. I'm going to make this movie. Yeah, I guess yes. Oh, is he taking a shit? Once again, he's an uh, author, you know, so he's... In two seconds, their boyfriend and girlfriend, they're inseparable now. I was going to say, like, that's a weird way to pick up women. Like, oh, excuse me, I was just typing nakedly on your toilet. <laughs> he's not picking her up. He, but he did say, when he picked her up, he said, maybe she'll fuck me. He actually said that, remember? Right. Crazy. Hippies. Up. Hippie freaks. Okay. They're like all in the bed now, and like a ukulele gets played, and they sing along... This has nothing to do with the plot, and I don't know why you put it in. Here, I'll just give you a little audio. Sure, I want to hear the same one. Round and round and round. We're the kids. We're the kids in America. America. They're talking about male chauvinism. Look how they're all in the same bed. I know. Hippie uh, crap. Smoking a cigarette must have smelled horrible. Oh, when you have five other people in your bed? That's Kim, man. Yeah, he wrote himself a good role. Are they going to sing? Well, I don't know if they sing, but it's Edelweiss. Oh. Oh, I know Edelweiss. Wayne Newton. Edelweiss. Edelweiss. That's that's not what it sounds like, right? No. It's like hippie Edelweiss. Yeah. So now she says to um, Kim, like, you can have the tambourine. He goes, oh, I could never handle a tambourine. And she laughs. It's too complicated for you. Yeah, like you need to have like some rhythm and then you need to read sheet music, right? When you play the tambourine, you gotta, you gotta yeah. 
Um, okay, so this is Toby's directorial debut. It's not really true, but in terms of being a feature. And it says, uh, I, he says, I've always described it as being a mixture of Andy Warhol's trash and Walt Disney's Fantasia. Walt Disney's uh, trash and uh, Andy Warhol's trash and trash. <laughs> yeah. yeah I tried too hard on that um, one of the documentaries he did was about Peter, Paul, and Mary. In 1983, he, he directed Billy Idol's music video, Dancing With Myself. Oh, 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 oh. That's directed, a good one, because he's on top of a building. Oh, let's let, I'm not going to let you let that stand. He's on top of a rooftop, right, of a building, but it's like post-apocalypse. And these like creatures, these cat creatures are climbing up the building, right? And he's like, no way. Is that the Billy Idol? Or am I video? thinking of another No, you could be right. I, I don't know. I that... never I didn't look it up. I just thought it was funny, you know, Billy Idol. Oh well, yeah, I mean he was top of the notch. There was like white weddings with Billy Idol. And <laughs> it was like Eyes without a face. Caught no human run place. Oh. Not only did she not have eyes without a, she had eyes without a face, but she got no human race, Carl. That's pretty bad. Where she was, she must have misplaced it. Just eyes. It's just eyes. They could be Inuit person eyes. They could be Latino eyes. You don't know. They were googly eyes. He wrote a whole song about it. Three and a half oh, minutes. No. Human race. What does it mean? Okay, googly basement. eyes. I bought them from Michael's. Now, guess who's in the basement? Ron. Because Ron knows shit about the basement. Now, look, what's weird about this is Ron never interacts really with the other cast members. So does he live there with them? They never acknowledge him. They never walk past him. They never bonk into him. Every time we see him, he's alone. What's going on? Maybe it's an allegory about the upper and lower classes in America and in, in our society. They're both they're both crews are the same ca uh, class. Look at them. Look at that. He's such in a boob tube. It's this video drone. <laughs> video drone. Oh, so, like this director, we like him, but he does have his. Uh, he had a lot of underachievers later in his career. Uh, straight to TV, uh, straight to video or television work. Spontaneous combustion, night terrors, the mangler, and crocodile. Is that one movie or different movies? Uh, is there a mangler and a crocodile? Yeah, crocodile was its own film. Actually, crocodile was probably pretty early. Yeah, I don't think it should be called. A... Well, it was 2000. Yeah, the Mangler. No, no, he he started. He declined. Um, once again, we like him. Okay, here's more. You see the hairdresser? Yeah, right. But that explains her hair. Now you see all the experimental film stop motion stuff. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Now we see this for a while. It's asteroids on speed. We know if you take drugs, this movie is a lot better. Like I've been taking an aspirin, and it's been really helping me. <laughs> if you take any drugs, it's but don't take the drug juice, girl. 
<laughs> now only take a little bit. Just to, remember I had you go 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 like with the camera. Right. With the editing. Wow. Look at this, the bedroom. This is pretty good. Oh look, it's weekend at Bernie's. Before yeah, no, it Kim does look like Bernie. Right with those glasses. Yeah, right. Is he alive or is it Jonathan Silverman <laughs> lifting his arms? They're always smoking a joint, and I always think about how it's such different potency from today. You know, it's so little potency. You think their weed was weak? Yeah, they would smoke it all the way down. They'd have to smoke like three joints, and then they'd be high. You had to like not only get like stems and seeds out, you had to get like buttons that were yeah, in there. You, you like had to clean clips. it. Yeah. You had to take the paper clips out of it. It was really rough back then. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Sometimes the staples, they staple yeah, it. Yeah, you had to take the staples out of it. I was always so impatient, you know what I mean? I just stick it in the bowl and light it up. The seeds would go pop. Right. Oh, there's a forest fire going on. Whoa. Why is it on fire? It's a stem, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, the, the seeds pop. Somebody on the internet said, it seems clear that Hooper watched more than a film of two by Jean-Luc Godard. Who I don't agree. Seen, we watched Jean-Luc Godard. We're, we're experts. We saw King Lear. Yeah. I yeah. think that this movie is not like Godard. The Godard? They would be talking about politics too. Like they would be yeah. uh, rambling about something. This just seems like well shot stuff. Well, like I said before, he had had a lot of experience doing over 60. His resume was 60 items by the time he got to this. Yeah, so for he PBS, did... For PBS and commercials and. Yeah, he directed that 60-minute Pepsi commercial. Remember that? With the explosions? He did the Howard the Johnsons where there was like a guy with no shirt on. I don't know what he did. <laughs> At Howard Johnson's, Hippie Fridays, no shirt, no shoes, service. <laughs> Hippie Fridays at the IOP. Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips. Oh, is this funny? Uh, my friend Mike, he's such a bum. Every time I see him, it's like, no shirt, no shoes. No kidding. Nope. Yep. No. Is that funny? No shirt, no shoes, no shit. How about that? So no, my I, kid I walks in the door, and it's like, no shirt, no shoes, no shit. No shit, right. Well, I went to this hippie commune, and I was trying to get some phone service. None. It was like no shirts, no, no shoes, no, no service. Shoes. <laughs> no, no service. No, sh no shit, no shoes. Oh man, this restaurant, it was all takeout. It was no shirts, no shoes, no service. <laughs> um, okay, so service. look at, you see how he did that three cut of, yeah. he just did it for no reason. He just did it for the heck of it. Now, he put something in a bag, he came upstairs, the smoke sort of followed him. So I guess the plot is telling us that the ghost or whatever this thing is, is taking him out of the house on a sort of journey. Okay. The ghost is smoking their weed. 
let me give you a little on. Oh, that's right. Basically, Kim's just being a real jerk to Amy. And Amy's trying to say, like, David, you're going to let him tease me like that? And David just doesn't even. He's like, whatever. On. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the kid? Is there a kid there? Uh, no, no. Now, you see, she's smiling and happy and laughing, but she's also very uncomfortable, and she's looking down. She's trying to get away from it in her mind. She doesn't like being teased like that. Oh, this hey, is where so um, Kennedy got shot. Really? No. That was this in is, Dallas. This is where they shot Sergeant Pepper's only hardcore band. <laughs> yeah, right? with the Bee Gees. Yeah, and George, George Burns was there. No, the only film of note that was shot here is this was the um they used this location in eggshells oh the hippie movie from toby hoover toby hoover 1969 you might know him from uh, uh texas chainsaw master now listen sure. that was his big kick i mean he went around to local people and raised sixty thousand dollars to shoot that thing um but eggshells or Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, and it got him exactly what he wanted. Hollywood said, okay, we'll take it. We'll buy that film. Yeah. Now, I think that this actress, I think, 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 her name is Pamela Craig. Uh, we never hear her name Pam mentioned. You see, what Toby did, or maybe Kim in this film, is everybody just goes by their first name. It's their Now, look at this. She's drinking off the tree. She's licking it. And Ron oh, I've heard like, of tree hunters. Ron is like, this is the girl for me. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've heard of tree huggers, but this is ridiculous. Maybe what he mistook her Ron shirt. Is. What? He'll tilt his head like, I'm in love. And Toby's like, good, give me more of that. Oh. I thought it was the weight of his perm. Look how he's rubbing the... Yeah, his ball sack. Okay, now this woman, Pamela Craig, is from England. She was born there. She was in a 63 film, The Spread of the Eagle. She was in 65, Out, in the Out of the Unknown. And she was The Spies in 66. And then she went away. Last scene in this hippie movie. Yep, last scene in this hippie movie. Now... My Google search showed me some old people that kind of, there was more than one choice, though. I, I don't know if it's her. I think it's probably Pamela Craig. Well, she's rocking a sweater. Shawl. 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 Now, there, shawl. now there's going to be this weird thing with balloons. It's almost nonsensical. It's just, there's going to be balloons and Hers are all one color and his are multicolored. I don't know. And then later in the film, the balloons show up again. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe he was shooting a Revlon commercial and he said, hold on. <laughs> Get my character. Well, we'll shoot a scene. Get Ron on the phone. <laughs> the He's, let, uh, let it ring 11 times. Ring. Yeah. He's busy. He's, he's buttoning his shirt. No time. There's no time. Get him on the screen. Horshinka Shanka's residence. Hello, Mrs. Horshinka Shanka. It, okay, you see that he's got the red balloons. Right. They, like, 
clung to him when he walked through him. He's going through the blue balloons. Listen, I applaud Toby. Oh, actually, he does have some blue balloons. I applaud Toby for, like, being different and being hippie and being weird. Those are grapes, actually. Those are not balloons. Those are actually grapes. Really? But I don't think it goes with, what does this have to do with the ghost? Why did the, it's not a ghost. Why did the thing in the basement send him out to get a bunch of balloons and then to get a girl named Pam? They're not even balloons. The Fruit of the Loom guy is right behind him. (laughs) Those are clearly grapes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe it's like the movie, The Red Balloon. Ron's like, check out my chest. Ron is like, who is that balloon person? Yeah. What a surprise that it's Pam. Hey, ooh, balloon magic. Now, I have an unknown here. His name is Jim Shulman, and he played Jim, and he's only known for this movie. But I don't find any Jim in this film, so be on the lookout for Jim. Oh, it's been a shot outdoors, mostly. So this is Austin, Texas. Yes. Well, sure is pretty out there. Are they gonna trip over like a Keebler elf or something? Like they're gonna trip over a root of a tree. You know, Texas is so big that it should be like Galveston is so far away from Austin, they might as well be in different states. Okay, now Pam and Ron will have a Me- connection. Oh, yeah, a balloon got away. Oh, I think, a balloon. Do you have any STDs? Why would you ask me? Because I'm covered in multicolored balloons. <laughs> yeah, well, because of these balloon warts. Oh, finally. No, it's she's trying on her wedding dress. Sheesh. Amy, this is Amy's wedding dress. Yeah, yeah, she's going to marry uh, uh, David, and Sharon is helping her. Get it all together. Now, where's Baby? Who's going to... Boss Baby's going to be the servant. Do the servant. He's going to... Boss Baby's going to be the preacher in this wedding. (laughs) He's got his suit on, collar. And now... Boss Baby here. Truly beloved. Well, he's not going to say dearly beloved. He's going to go... You know. Not boss baby. He'd be like, all right, guys, I got three o'clock at three o'clock, so let's make this snappy. <laughs> it's not boss baby. Okay, Alan comes in. It's like, why do you want to get married? I don't know. Why did you get married? Oh, that's the big question. Here, I'll give you a little audio. All right. Here's why. Now, Kim will come in and be a jerk and a downer. Yeah, sounds like Jim. Hey, guys, have you seen my balloons? I, I had a really fun time yesterday. No, that's Ron. That's Ron. Ron hey, hey. This is Kim, who's, oh, did I say Jim? Excuse me. It's Kim, Kim the, our no. writer. He'll come in and be a jerk. He's like, I think their dress should be three feet shorter. And they go, ha, 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 and do it. 
but I don't know. He's just a downer. He's like, why are you getting married? I hate your wedding dress. It's just because I hate weddings. He, he's a real. Yeah. Well, you know, he was invited to the Texas Chainsaw family wedding, and they were just like, who invited that deadbeat over there? He's killing the party. No, he wrote you. He wrote you. But Chainsaw Massacre, more like Buzzkill Massacre. <laughs> One of the um, grisliest films you'll ever see. They don't, it's just downbeat movie and just downbeat, you know? This was going to be called an American Freak Illumination. An American what, this was the XL? But they couldn't fit it in the marquee, so they went with eggshells. I don't know why they did eggshells. An American Freak Illumination sounds cooler. Maybe eggshells is an acronym like L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L. Experimental guys. Gosh. <laughs> so, hell. Er, love ladies. S. Eggshells. <laughs> what a coincidence it came together to say a real word. Thank God. This is scored with the music of Austin psych folk legends Shiva's headband. Whoa. Legendary. There is a lot of acoustic guitar sort of stuff in this. I heard if you tell someone at the pizzeria you're from Shiva's headband, they give you a free slice. <laughs> Excellent. In Austin. Oh, there's that hippie thing. Okay, maybe we'll hear the music now. We're the kids. We're in America. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Those cows are all dead by now. Those cows are definitely dead, uh, but it's not from old age. It's from hamburgers. Oh, yeah. Well, he's going to kill them. Okay, he's not going to kill them, but he is going to kill the car. It doesn't, Why? Make, it doesn't make any sense. Who's the idiot who put a hatchet in the trunk? Look what Why he's not doing? make it that the ghost in the basement made him do it? You know, there's no... Ryan Mar Look, first of all, I like Toby, and I like this film, don't get me wrong, but he didn't make, he just did this for sensationalism. I still think this is the film that everyone had to watch, you know, like if you were in film class, or you're at a festival, you had to watch an hour and a half of this to get to the other movies. No, this film was wildly unsuccessful. It won one award one time. Yeah. It got it got played at like all the colleges in Texas once. That's what I'm saying. Like, all right, before we play uh She Monster from Outer Space. <laughs> you gotta watch this piece of crap. Yeah, okay. Now you saw him destroy the front window, and I guess he's enjoying the breeze in his face, you know. I guess the broken glass. On his ass. Yeah, he sat his ass on broken glass. Okay, there's ants. Now watch what he's going to fuck this car up now, man. He's really going to fuck this car up. All right. I'm looking for it. I hate ants. So I'm hoping I get my money's worth on this. 
a lot of people dislike their family, but I, I hate ants too. <laughs> what about uncles? No, uncles are cool. You know, but I especially hate my antidote. Oh, I know. You keep telling me that. Well, because she's full of these like one-off stories and she tries to apply them to general things. Yeah. Well, if you don't care, I recommend any matter. <laughs> I'm against anti. He's okay. against his pants. Here we go. Pants Look, off. There's his dick. There's Kim's dick. They're on YouTube. And his balls. Totally his balls. Now, oh, yeah, watch summer. this. This is way too much explosion for this car. I'm still looking at his dick. Look at that. Those oh. were bombs. Look at that. That's napalm. Uh, metaphor. Uh, his pants must have been filthy. What's a metaphor? I don't know. I never metaphor it in like. That's a, uh, that's a good one. Five told me that he never met a four he didn't like. Okay, so why did he do that? What was it for? Why is honey, he back home getting a bath? What's what? your pants? I can explain. I can't explain. She's just looking down there. When when Kim ran away from that car, I did see his pee-pee, but really I saw his balls. Man, they were. Uh, did you notice them? I mean, I watched this film a couple times, but... He had falling arches when he ran, you know, it just caused the trajectory of his balls to go a different way. Right. Yeah. They were preformed, loose balls. They had just knocked each other and were spreading in different directions. Listen, if it wasn't for his balls, the, the, the bathtub would be like... He's <laughs> holding the water in there, right? He's, he's plugging... He's plugging up the stopper. His ball's got cleavage. This Ooh, is someone look else. At, look at her boobs. Oh, that's her knees. She already has shoulder boobs. I like yeah. him. You want to hear Wait, a little dialogue? No. She's not talking to Kim. It's someone else in the bathtub, right? Okay, what the director does here is there are two different bathing activities going on. There's okay. Amy and David, and there's um, Kim and uh, Moron. <laughs> What's her name, Mahone? Oh, whoever's stuck with Kim. Moron. Just because Kim's an asshole doesn't make her a moron for hanging out with him. Right, right. No, it's just not in front of me. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Malon, Malon, Malon. This, okay, so Malon and Kim are having a bath, and in the other room, Amy and David are having a bath, and we intercut between their two conversations for no reason at all. Malon, Malon. Too bad, Conversation. What? No, I don't want to hear the talk. <laughs> it's not going to be interesting. I can imagine a realtor. Like, well, it's our, really groovy. Stuff like that. Guys, so check out what you think of the house. Uh, how many bathtubs are there? There's two. Uh, but they fit they fit two people a piece. So they fit four. Oh, okay. So like Jack, we bathe like Jack people. 
Yeah, what our feet up here? Uh, where's his feet going? I guess to your left and right. Okay, now check out the boobs on Milan here. Hold on. All right. John Lennon glass. I'll just think. And this Ringo mustache. I know. Who does he think he is? Pete Best after a bender? <laughs> Pete Best. Will anybody know that reference? He has yeah, such a best. Ringo mustache and a John Lennon glasses. And he's the best hair. He's got false hair, right? Listen, Pete Best is the best of the Beatles. That's literally true. Look, look at her boobs, man. Right. That was great. (laughs) That's your grandmother, bro. That okay, those were knees. They were knees. Oh my god. Right, what are they talking? You want to hear the dialogue? Otherwise, it's very boring. All right, give me a little. No, I don't want to hear the dialogue. So, what kind of cheese do you like? I uh, like Swiss. I do like, like Swiss. It's uh, got to be in a mood for Swiss. Uh, I asked the cheesemonger to give me a smaller price on the Swiss because there was so many holes in the cheese. I didn't think it was fair. Yeah, you. We do it by weight, sir. It's a Jewish wedding. And, yeah, and well. David, both David and uh, Amy are Jewish. This was it, Texas's first Jewish wedding. They captured it here, 1969. It's their first Jewish wedding? Yeah. It took them took that long. I'm sorry, but Jewish people were part of the woodwork and fabric of Austin, Texas. David, where are Yamaka? Yeah, man, I am. <laughs> Cover your head. Someone might say, God, God. This, this park's a shithole, so there's already broken glass under their feet. Oh, look at this dogs running around. Wow, it's nice to right off a wedding. They actually got married, I'm sure. They don't mistake. break the glass. They actually break her ass. She lays down and, and David smashes her butt. Oh, yeah, they misread it. It's supposed to be glass. <laughs> now we will smash the ass. Hey, thank you. The gazebo's the- not very furnished, right? But they, they invited all the Jews from Texas to come, and they came. They're all out there. You see, he's got the Torah in his hands there, but he also has the Book of Mormon. Right. You know, he, uh, I read, I sped read, you know, the speed reading class? Yeah. I, I read the, I read the entire New Testament in, in two days. Really? It was, yeah, it was great, Carl, especially about that guy. Oh, man, he was terrific. <laughs> the the miracle guy. I guess, yeah. I right, took Evelyn yeah. Wood. I took Evelyn Wood speed reading. Uh-huh. Yeah, I read the Bible, the, the New Testament, the New Testament. Oh, what'd you think? Well, I liked, there was like a, there was the guy, but he, there was like a bigger guy, you know, and he was doing yeah. a job for him. It was a good book. It was cool. I actually read uh, Moby Dick by Herbert, uh, Herman Melville. Uh-huh. He's in the episode, yeah. yeah. It's good. It takes place on a boat. 
There's not one nude scene. I didn't get the title. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're having the reception right now? Yeah. They Well, um, the wedding ceremony and reception are kind of lumped into one here. There isn't like uh, food or entertainment or, or, or a dance or they're just all sort Where's of milling around and having a conversation. I want some pigs in the blanket. I want uh, a open bar. Nobody's I want to get some... anything. Where's the crudite? Where's this, the seafood station? Where's the carving table? <laughs> yeah, do, do you have an omelet station here? Yeah, I knew. So what kind of golf club are you without an omelet station? So, all right, how about this for my next open mic? Uh, I saw that movie Moby Dick, and there was not one nude scene. I just don't get that title. <laughs> Is that any good? You know the the techno artist Moby. You know how he got his name? No. Big Dick. He was a dick. dick. What a dick. There's Sharon, soon to be divorced. Oh, there's Jason, soon to be interviewed by us. There's their child, Jason, soon to be abandoned. Seemed to be interviewed by us. What was it like uh, making a cameo? Well, it was mostly me and Vern Troyer. I had a, I could only be in 12 minutes of the film, and then I had to, my tutor had to come and teach me uh, classes. Yeah, right. Because my twin is not, you know, some of the scenes, it's actually my twin. <laughs> You know, I, had, I rehearsed my line for days. I was in front of the mirror like, I got it down perfect. Okay, so now we're going to get a little more of, you know, his, no, he's writing. And we get to hear his, like, poem or whatever. I'm playing it. Oh, no. Moloch. Moloch, I tell you. He's William Burroughs. Inside the mind, inside the mind of Kim. Yeah, let's go in, let's go inside the mind of Kim. Oh, I bet you this was his real life. He would be in front of that typewriter, whack, 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 making material. Oh, I know. But then Kim's in the bathtub, and people are interested in that. Okay, you know, now. Kim notices something is going on in the basement. The fuck, yeah. man? Freddy Krueger lives down there. So now he has to show Milan. Come on, Milan, check this out. Oh, look at her. Yay, something interesting. I will have more Toby interesting indie film stuff. He passed away, huh? I think I knew that. He did a movie with George Romero called uh, Body Bags. I, I found it on uh -huh. TV. 74 years old, he passed away in California. And every single obituary or whatever mention of it just says natural causes. Oh, yeah. Well, Chainsaw is a natural cause. Now, look, they're all in the hair dryers. Why? What does it mean? What does it have to do with anything? And what's happening to them? They're having a trip, or? Yeah, I guess so. 
a hair trip. Bad hair oh, day. Here's hey, the music. Boing, boing. It's like bad Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. We're the kids. We're the kids. kids. We're wow. In America. Whoa. Wow, look at these Matchbox cars. These are nice cars, though, you got to admit. It's funny you said matchbox. It's like when I see old cars like that, I do think of that Hot Wheels. Yeah, because yeah, that's the design I've always seen them as. Died of natural causes in Sherman Oak section of Los Angeles, California, August 26, 2017, at the ripe old age of 70 dead. Four, 74. Well, you know, they did a lot of, like, masters of horror anthology movies. Mm -hmm. Like, that movies were more of, like, one-hour cable specials. Yeah. And I think that might have been his last work. Like, he did another movie, like, uh, shit. You know, you know Kill Bill, where the guy goes, my name is Buck, and I like to fuck. Yeah. That's taken from a Toby Hooper movie about, Really? Like, yeah. Th that was Robert... It was about like crocodile. It was like some kind of weird hotel that was off the swamp, and there's like a killer crocodile that okay. eats like rapists. In 2000, he does crocodile. No, this is the 70s. Okay, then in the 70s he did um, Eaten Alive, 1977, with crocodiles. That's probably, yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking it is. Eaten Alive. He also did a real interesting film in '81 called Fun House. Oh, I saw Funhouse. Yeah, I like that movie. It's creepy. Everything. Well, he, when he was a kid, he loved the idea of the Funhouse, and he would run backstage, you know, like behind the tent to like get a glimpse of a clown or like what do they really look like when they're just walking around, like a, the freak show people. Okay, bored with the music of Austin Psych folk legend Shiva's headband. Let's hear Shiva's headband. It's the same thing. They're still playing the same chords. This is just a sizzle reel from PBS. Next on PBS, it's Capital Steps. Well, this the is another one of Toby's like adventures into something neat to visually experimental. It just goes on too long. Next on PBS, Dick Cavett. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Another dick. You know, it's exploitive how PBS would just show dick pics. Oh, you mean Dick Cavett every night? Mm-hmm. Oh, then the William Powell movies? Just one dick pic after another. Yeah, they always did footage of Nixon. Always. Always photos. Dick, Are dick they Nixon. Is there like a tank behind them now? Yeah. He's getting tanked. Now look, Pam still has her balloon. I know. And that's who still hasn't got a shirt. And this is the first time we see Ron with other cast members. Right, because it didn't make sense. But Pam and Milan are talking like they're good friends and they've known each other a long time. Why are they going to the tennis courts? Rude. Those were the famous Austin tennis team that we saw for two seconds. They were so good at tennis, it was like they were playing 11s. 
<laughs> they really exceeded Dennis. Yeah, like one better. Like a higher level of ifs. Okay, Mike, what's going on? What's happening? Why is it happening? They're putting garbage bags over their heads entirely. They're going to put their heads in these hair dryers. Uh-huh. Oh, they're going to build it. They're going to build the plastic into their hair. <laughs> what is going on? Why is this? If there was no know. foreshadowing to this. It's, oh, look, it's the Nine Inch Nails. I hey, love to. You see that glop that's coming out? That's them getting converted into goo. Oh, because they, the man. Uh, what? What is, is this going on? Now, here's that spirit, that smoky, ghosty thing. Oh, right, ghost. Usually they get shot, at the, uh, shot in the head at the end of the movie. Back, <laughs> back in these days. So did he consume them, and now with his energy, he can go free? I don't understand what happened. Is it in the Chronicle? Did I read it in the Alternative Weekly? Look, it's Fog Monster. <laughs> I'll Sorry. restore this film. Where is he off to? So that's that's pretty much it. It will go away. By the way, well, this is a restored film, by the way. And the only thing they did except oh. clean it up was do titles at the beginning and end. Oh, they did great. It took two seconds. <laughs> All right. Wow. Oh. Yeah. That just happened. Yeah. There's Maho and there's Ron. There's Amy, Boris, Pamela, Jim. Good yeah. up, Alan Sherman. Alan Sherman, the folk singer. My son, Alan the folk Sherman. singer. Yeah. Hello, mother. Hello, All day. <laughs> Don't try the liverwurst. Wow. Well, that has been uh, Carl. What'd you think of eggshells from 1969? I love hated it. I mean, I love hated it. Okay. There, there was a lot of interesting things he did, like the sword fight amongst himself and a lot of the animation stuff. Um, some, you know, filming people against the reflections. There was lots of interesting stuff here. There was also, and there was some plot. There was this much plot, but I don't know. I also hated it because it was tedious and long and rambling and this, this, I want this much plot. You just hate, you're not a Sherman uh, head bent head like I am. We like, you know, we I, like I tore... this director. We like Toby. We like Toby. I tell you, he's good. Life Force is good. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, but it does come off as a demo reel. But, yeah. you know, there's some stuff that just exists that wouldn't exist otherwise. So uh, He was in his 20s, and he quickly realized that that film was not the way to get noticed, and he went the horror route, with, and he was interesting about it. Nice. Well, all right. I hope you guys enjoyed the movie as much as we tried to enjoy it. Carl, next week's movie. It's the 1952 3D movie, Bawana Devil. 1952, I caught devil. Bawana, B-W-A-N-A. It takes, they're, they're British colonizers in Africa and a tiger or something. A tiger in Africa uh, comes out, there's some kind of, I don't know, is it 3D? 
<laughs> is it not V W A N A? Volana. Yeah. You want to go take a look? See if there's a trailer out there. All right. I will take a look and see if there is a trailer it's a fair, out there. I, it's. I'm sure it's very problematic from the start, but uh, it was what kicked off the uh, 3D craze back in the 50s. BW. BW. P as in park. P as in. B as in boy. B as in bark. See? It's very exciting. Carl, your, your YouTube use is amazing. Are we doing uh, audio? Here, do, do the, the, the second one. That one's the full movie. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, B dub one. Uh, Devil, 1952. Right. God damn it. B one. Uh, Bina? Oh my God. Well, that's for the show. I hope you enjoyed it. No, no, I'll no, no. Do this live. Okay, I got it. Oh, all right. See, it's all three D. You need to wear those red and green glasses. Three, two, one, go. Unmute it. Now at last, the picture you've been hearing about. It's a 3D movie. All in its blazing glow, action, adventure, romance. Oh, why not? In thrilling color. It's in thrilling? 3D. Yeah, color can be thrilling. Lion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pulses will pound. I will want to see it. It's every throb of its jungle fury. <laughs> oh, what a devil. There you go. We just watched the uh, trailer in 3D, which meaning you had to watch it. If this was the first 3D movie, why is the trailer in 3D? What's it going to proceed? They give yeah, us so right. You would have to have the glasses. Hey, Mike. If I get the glasses, can I see the 3D? Well, the, the print we'll be watching next week is in 2D, but you get to see that they, they intended to have some 3D effects. It won't work if I have the glasses with the different color. No, I... it's, that's, this, this uh, footage isn't in that. It's just a trailer. Damn it. Oh, I know. Um, trust me, I've been looking for a real 3D movie. But yes. I noticed that this was on Amazon Prime as well as a lot of other movies there in 3D. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so that's that's what pushed it. So we'll be watching Boana Devil. This will be our second 3D movie, Carl. Uh, I watched with Ira four years ago, Coming at You from 1983, uh, which is a spaghetti western, 1983. Uh -huh. And uh, this one, we'll, yeah. So we'll be watching this one next week. All right, hey, uh, make sure, Carl, what a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for researching and watching Eggshells four times. Uh, you can be found at carlsucks.com and anything else you want to promote? 
Uh, I'll be the host at Scotty's on November 21, 20 and 21. I'm proud of that. All right. Check out Tommy's in uh, Oberville, wherever the hell it is in New Jersey. Take it to Oberville. Uh, and uh, well, that's it. I, I'm, I'm not doing comedy, so fuck it. <laughs> uh, see you next week. Thanks so much. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. You can watch if you want to. You can slap Spiegelman's behind. L-W-A-F-L-M-N-O-Y-T on Mutiny Radio. Mutiny. Mutiny! It's pronounced mutiny. Mutiny! It's, it's pronounced mutiny! Like, turn off, sir, guys, who say mutinag. Mutinag? Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Oh, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, 
which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento. At and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside mutinyradio.fm here at 21st and Florida, 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF at 20th in Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor.
Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff? Talk to Under. Go to SkinOnSkins.com. That's S-K-I-N-O-N-S-K-I-N-S.com. You just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather? Go see Under. Everything is handcrafted and understated quality. Fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs. He also does fixes. Maybe you love that jacket. He'll put the zipper back in. Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check him out at SkinOnSkins.com. LSD Fab Acid Fapping Tapping and Acid Acid Fapping Tapping and Acid Fap 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 Acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. What is flat black plastic? What could it be? It's exactly what you think it is. Flat black plastic. Vinyl. Records. Round. Played. Mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two. By Scotto Walker. Amazing artist. Music DJ. Vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. This is Tuchel Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me! My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Back again with Camera Plus. 
the lenses which are viewed and connected through our parallaxy daisy eye in terms of any being a wormhole to another point, but viewed from the outside all points are visible, as the loop view. They spit out words as fast I can think them, and perhaps the writing is a mistake, but you must know, you must, from far away without matter, but there is matter. So this is entertainment? Yay be sure and subscribe, souls are at risk on a board game dop candle and in the pieces of puzzles oceanic life forms whoosh the sentinel up to the screen to say boop. Betty was here. Grafrakamiluk I wonder how we say it again. The sequence of Seekater is a palace of places with A, E, I, O, U etc and what is that but a story? To quicken is to jump paths, skip rope to the sidewalk crack and little green monsters growing in them, in concrete terms. So this is how we step back, the language, barrier blockade block dropped, visualized into a paper print, in serif font and stolen type. The kind that is steel. Once again, bodies in motion, clinging, stinging, watering from hole to hole, virtual and privates see what? Oh rights and justified fried pathways to recover. The river of tears, salty, or sugary, uplifted by chocolate like a factory, Charlie's Angel. Muffled noises are heard from that pie that we so desire, was it cherry or was it marrying of lime plus sorbeted raspy voiced sultry cocktail bar tip jar money. Welcome to the green room. The flowers are just there. Chattering deep into the light bright webbings of patterned feet is this podcast brought to you on the anchor.fm platform from the labs of aqua q anchor.fm is available for ios and android brings a free and clear interface for your podcast creator genius with royalty free music and sound effects that make you sound from the radiophonic workshop with segments for you to advertise yourself in the cash money you so deserve available everywhere podcasts are free just do the q Paged. Dot dot. Their pagers went off, all simultaneously, and they looked down, from across the world and onto their wrists. Dot. The screens blinked a bit, the three of them paused and waited for it to clear. Aria was sitting in a coffee shop outside of Geneva. Again, she thought her pinkish golden watch timed as selected when it was time for a time away and this was it. Q was in the middle of bussing some papers down the street towards and away from things as usual, left coat pocket and the like. And Miranda was just up at sunrise at the Pacific Rim this time, no joke. She traveled overnight and had packed just a bit for a conference meetup for the book convention scheduled last May from the township. Aria sipped her orange juice and tapped the screen. You in there Q? What's the dinging about? We're all about with our business and the proceedings are proceeding with process and ness. As needed, Arya thought he might hear it but she tapped the screen once just to highlight her notion of notioning. Miranda tapped back. Yep, he's got his paperwork about and I believe he believes he's heading upward to the never-ending story folks. They seem on about a traquel as you know how he can fly time and the like, and so. Silence. Hugh was not normally in this much sun. From this time of day. More of a night owl and black cars and the odds slipping in at the right moments and such. But geez, 
101 pages on this one, and several copies for the crew, and still three hours until the next. Shoot he dropped the papers. About time something happened, he paused and looked towards the ground, as they were slightly in between the shimmering embedded sparkly sidewalk and a bit of slick towards an in the gutter. His watch chimed and the haptics hit up Arya's beat. Tap tap. So this is what you get onto when you're not getting onto. Ache you? Arya quipped and sipped again at her orange juice, with now a splash of soda and a straw she keeps with her, so as to be ecological. Yes, Arya. The onto is onto the floor and chores like this haven't made it up the staircase to the case I need to get to, spiral bound and booked up like a top shelf, for this pack of loose papers now, a bit dirty and, well, not in yourself, I can see that. Is that a pocket protector? No it's a packet of gum. It's for the, fresh. Anyway how's your end? Arya's end was just fine and sitting, just and there and she adjusted slightly at the thought and thought about telling him about the. Oh, surprise. Q blurted out, and bent over to pick up a quarter on the street. Damn it's a regular one. You'd hope for a 1964 silver ore, but anyway. The story is carrying on, and it's just time not carrying it anymore, it's toppled into the streets and somebody forgot to number the pages. So it'll be up to you guys to piece it together once I get over. I'll scan it and you can run it through a quick OCR or something. Or, I can. Wait he picked up a cup of coffee and dropped it directly downward onto the ground, and the cup hit square bottom and the coffee jumped out and bits all over the papers. He took a quick photo, shuffled them together, and straightened his back up a bit. Oh, I think I got the ordering now. We have the cover bound by main splash and the spill into the street by the spray that's come off it. We're good for ordering, now, I'll just get on and cross splash check it from the place. Miranda too now was on the call, as she sipped her coffee. You know I would have brought you one when you arrive, I hope it wasn't a creamy one. Anyway, nice idea. I'll explain the coffee to the crew, but why didn't you try that old card trick? Pick a page any page? And was a simultaneous chagrin from the crew. Blip. Miranda's power was out, and just shrugged and put her watch on the charger. It's the sort and sordid chronicle of chronicled forgetfulness wherein their malaise was being re-triggered. Maybe it was the planetary offset, or maybe our characters needed to be reminded of themselves once again. It had been three weeks since the, shoot, and more so since the, oh yes, and there was always a place to whisk her off to and never stick, and sticking was like this. Q jabbed a stick of gum into his mouth and hummed up the street. He found the iron doorway near Chinatown, though slightly uptown, 